This is Get Your Shift Together with Michelle Ferrari and Jordan Harding. Michelle is on a mission to support you on your leadership journey. As an executive and leadership coach, she wants to show you that you can have the impact and the career that you want by aligning your thoughts, your choices, and your actions with your goals, not only to benefit yourself, but the world. It's time to get your shift together. Welcome back to Get Your Shift Together. I'm here with Michelle Ferrari. I think we're I talking. Need a, I, we need a cheerleading section. Like when you say we're here with Michelle Ferrari, yay! Like there's no clapping or anything. Yeah, we're we're you know we're working on that, Michelle. We're we're trying yeah, we to pay some fun. people to cheer Sorry? for you. Thank you, Jordan. Thank <laughs> you for seeing me and understanding what I need. I appreciate that. Thank you. How are you? I'm fantastic. Yeah, you'd be better if you had people cheering you on. Well, I would. (laughs) Yes. And I'm not ashamed to admit that. Wouldn't we all be better if we had people cheering us on? I think so. Yeah. Like as you're getting like into your car in the driveway and going, you can do it. Go. It's going to be an amazing day. I think I have a new mini business idea. Yeah. You can send people on the public transit systems around the world, you know? Right. Like, wouldn't I? Come on. That's a good idea. During the pandemic, I stood on my porch and I sang to my neighbors good morning. So that was both welcomed and not welcomed. But (laughs) As long as you didn't get anything thrown at you. I did not. I did not. What are we talking about today? We're setting up the work audit that we went and do with with episode one of this new year. And... We're going to dive into the four C's, Michelle, that you, you've so you put so eloquent in the past. So what is that first C, Michelle, that's so important? It is the, it's the one that most of us don't like. It's consciousness. Consciousness. Okay. Why do we not like it? Well... I would say one of the top three reasons that people come and work with me is because they are avoiding their consciousness. (laughs) So, and when we do that, that leads to a lot of tension in our lives, a lot of um, frustration. One of the things that I do say to people often is like, as we're in the coaching process, they'll say, I don't know. And my response most of the time is, "Mm, I call bullshit. I think you do know. I think you don't like the answer. So consciousness is about listening to yourself. And and most of us find that very, very hard to do. Yeah, that's extremely hard to do. And it's hard to listen to our own thoughts and get present with that, especially with everything we have going on how do you tell people to to start like what's the first step you should take to try to get conscious with what's going on the first step is to consistently and you know give your this is i'm there's no set time limit on this so i'm just saying for a week every day for five minutes, and you can do it at the beginning of the day, or you can do it at the end of the day. Ask yourself, what am I feeling? And just sit there. 
and every thought that comes into your head, write that down. If you if you're writing down, I think that's stupid. If you're writing down, I'm not thinking anything. I'm not feeling anything. I'm not. Or if you're like, I'm mad that you asked me that question. Like, just write that stuff down. And the and the point of doing it every day for a week, which is a relatively short period of time. Like, let's think about it. It's 35 minutes that I'm asking you to do this in total is to just get comfortable sitting with your feelings, sitting with them, not analyzing them, not avoiding them, just, oh, there's one, there's one, there's, there's a thought, there's a, there's a thought, there's a feeling, there's a thought, there's a feeling. And it's the idea of creating a new relationship with your feelings that's what consciousness is to me that's how i don't start going to the textbooks and the dictionaries and looking up the word consciousness i'm describing consciousness as what it means to me so it's changing the relationship that you have with your feelings and, and, and i guess the practice if we're going to hint to what it is so you're saying what five minutes once a day for like a week and just get comfortable with what you're feeling and what you're writing down yeah and and look jordan for some of us five minutes once a day for a week is going to start to change the comfort level for some of us we're going to need to do it longer than that right like coaching doesn't happen in a prescribed timeline it it happens in accordance with the person's openness and with the person's resistance and and interestingly both of those serve to make coaching successful, which, which is also part of consciousness. One of the things that most of us struggle with is accepting all of our emotions or feelings. So, you know, for me, my perspective is we're given 360 degrees of emotions, but what most of us do is go, yeah, but I don't like those ones over there. So I don't, like, I'm going to try and avoid them as much as possible. And then don't they just come out at the worst possible times? Sure do. Yeah. Right. When we don't like, why am I reacting that way? Why am I? Well, all you have to do is honest to God, TikTok. All you have to do is go to TikTok videos of people losing their shit on airplanes. There, <laughs> there's a group of people who have not changed the relationship with their feelings. And here's what we know. Feelings are going to come out. So feelings, whether you create a relationship with them, you're, you know, you create awareness about them, consciousness about your feelings, whatever you do or don't do, they're going to come out. So if you want to choose how those feelings come out, then practice consciousness. If you don't care when and how they come out, then practice compartmentalizing. Oh, look, another C. So I was going to go there for a second. Yeah. So what about the listener that is saying, oh, I can compartmentalize my feelings? I would say, yes, you can. And then I would ask you to say, at what consequence? Ooh. I would say, what is the consequence of compartmentalizing those feelings? There's always a consequence with our choice. Choice is always happening and consequence is always happening. Like just get you 
there's consequence. And whether you can see the consequence immediately, uh, whether you acknowledge the consequence, consequence will occur. So if you're a great compartmentalizer, what is the consequence? What is the risk of compartmentalizing? When you think of consciousness, you know, are people thinking of self-awareness? Is it similar in your mind? Yes. I would say self-awareness is um, sort of grade one and consciousness is we're, we're coming into, you know, grad school. But but self-awareness is a really great place to start. But so so let's get really specific here. If we have 360 degrees of emotions and, and what we traditionally label as positive emotions and negative emotions. So obviously positive emotions are joy, mm-hmm. happiness, excitement, right? Those are examples of so-called positive emotions. Negative emotions, what we have deemed negative emotions, I don't love that terminology, is sadness, frustration, anger. And in my world, the perspective that I operate under, emotions are neither positive or negative. They're just useful tools. They're just useful. They're just equally useful. So I believe that our emotions are megaphones to something that you're meant to be paying attention to in your life. And that scares the shit out of most of us, but I don't want to pay attention to that. And we have really amazing reasons that we don't want to pay attention to that. I've been with them for 10 years and I just really love them and I don't want to pay attention to that or I need to pay the mortgage. And so I just have to grind this out for another 15 years or we never have anybody with mental illness in our family. So my kid's fine. I mean, there's, Mm -hmm. I'm using extreme examples, but there's, They're just messengers. Feelings are messengers of something that you're meant to pay attention to. And if we go unconscious and we go unconscious in lots of different ways, particularly in this society, we lose the message. And so then we're operating with half the information. So imagine if somebody sort of gave you a project and there were six things that needed to be incorporated into that project, but you were only given three. How do you think you'd do? Pretty shitty. Pretty shitty. So that's, you know, that's what happens when we ignore the full spectrum of our emotions, of our feelings. We lose the data that we need to be living the life, to be having the career that we want. Do you find when you're going through this or when you're coaching one of your clients that yeah, let's say you're going through this. And I know it's a journey, but day one, you're summarizing all your emotions. And then the next day, you're kind of ignoring the ones you don't want to feel. Or do you find most people are pretty great at laying out no, everything? They're not, no, they're not pretty great. Here's what it actually sounds like when you're ignoring your own emotion. Sort of day one, you lay out your emotions. And then day two, you blame everybody for the emotions that you're feeling so that the the best (laughs) i'm laughing because i've done that yeah the best indicator of lack of consciousness is when you start a sentence with well my boss well my colleague 
So if in your mind, this is going to be pissing people off right now. I'm telling you, like people that are, are going to be listening to this and they're going to be like, you don't know my boss is such an asshole. That doesn't apply to me. Yeah. Okay. Totally get it. But there's something that you're meant to be paying attention to that that boss is triggering in you. It's not, I'm not arguing with you about whether your boss is an ass or not. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is what's being triggered in you and what is that pointing to in you? But that's not what we like to do. We like to say, well, if he would just, okay, but he's not going to, you don't control him. You are not a puppeteer. So if any of your solutions come from other people behaving in a different way, you have fantasized that you're a puppeteer and that is a zero sum game. Whereas if you look at your feelings and, and the energy with which they're representing themselves to you and the, the, the intensity, the, the feeling itself, that now we have data where you can start to make choices, which is one of the C's as well, that will be in alignment with how you'd like to feel. But first, first step is how am I feeling? And what about the people that are sitting here saying, Michelle, I know how I'm feeling all the time. Like, I, I know. I know when I'm tired. I know when I'm stressed. I know where I'm angry. Like, why do I have to sit here and actually get really quiet with what I'm actually feeling? Because I know it. Yep. Okay. So you probably do know it. You probably can name it. And then I want you to go into what is that feeling pointing me towards? What if it's so, just a feeling? I'm going to open myself up to ridicule and anger and say, it's never just a feeling. Mm. <laughs> There's always information underneath it. So we'll give you a really personal story and the police will probably show up at my house. Not that long ago. So keep, keep in mind, like I practice consciousness every day and, and there are still times that I'm surprised by my lack of consciousness. I think if I'm remembering correctly, I think I'd had a therapy session. That part may or may not be true in the story. Anyways, I was certainly feeling something as I got in the car that morning. And I was at a three-way stop and the car to the left of me went through. Then it was my turn. But the car behind the first car that went decided to go through as well. So like take two turns to the left of me she was going through I started to go through just to you know punk her scare her and then I laid on the horn and then she gave me the finger and I think yelled fuck off well that was a mistake for her this morning that morning that was that was a mistake and so I decided I was going to follow her I I had not thought through why I was going to follow her or if mm. I was going to confront her or I just was so angry at her blaming me for her making a traffic mistake. Now, I'm going to actually take out the word angry and say it was rage. Mm. It took me 20 minutes to come to consciousness. Now, keep in mind, this woman must have been scared shitless at this lunatic woman following her I was seething with rage like thank god for gun control laws in, in Canada I was seething with rage and then suddenly 20 minutes later 
I was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I pulled over and I wept. I wept because it's like, that's, that's like, what is going on with you? And the, and the truth is, I was tired of people not seeing me and just doing what they wanted to do. And I was just a consequence. Like I was just a, like, whatever happens, happens. And so there was a particular thing that was happening in my life with a relationship. And I was really tired of not being seen and not being prioritized and not being acknowledged. And so that feeling came out in a car with a woman who just made a traffic mistake. Mm -hmm. So that's the power of, of lack of consciousness. Does that make sense? Like that. So when we, when we don't acknowledge the things that we know, that's my point of it's got to come out. And sometimes it'll come out in a way that you could get arrested if you got caught. Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm glad I don't meet you at a freeway stop. <laughs> Jokey aside, but like, so you recognize that you were acting from an unconscious state and then you got con conscious. You also said that you were tired of not being seen. Yeah. Can you share what the underlying part of that was like was there the trigger like you're speaking about the trigger like or like how an emotion will trigger something it's a dissatisfying relationship hun, right so it's a I'm not getting what I need from my primary relationship and I'm just trying to go with it and go with uh, the and so I'm not being seen got it now, what would happen, because I practice this all the time, I mean, this is my life, I had 20 minutes of severe unconsciousness and was able to wake up and was able to name it and was able to make choices and alignment that helped me process that feeling. What most people would do, my clients would do in that situation, is they would come to me and describe to me what an ass that woman was. And, you know, how bad drivers are and that they're sick and tired of like people being behind the wheel of the car and not, they shouldn't be behind the wheel of a car and would spend 20 minutes describing to me the lack of consciousness of that driver. Yes. Yeah. But your anger and frustration has nothing to do with that person. It has to do with you. And that's the hard part. That's the excavation why am I having this reaction? What is it pointing to? So I often say that the, these emotions on the full spectrum, the good ones and the, and the so-called negative ones, are pointing to something. And your job is to simply say, what are you pointing to? What am I meant to be paying attention to? And that can sometimes cause us discomfort. So let's let's take an example that's going on right now. So a lot of in Canada, a lot of employers are trying to mandate more days back in the office, depending on the industry and location yep. and role. And then there's also these layoffs, especially in the tech sac sector happening. Yeah. So employees are frustrated and just saying oh they don't understand they don't understand the length of the commute the cost they're rushing to get I don't have kids but they're rushing to get the kids out the door we were productive during the pandemic they just don't get it 
what's the feeling there? Is the feeling anger? Well, it depends on the person because each of these scenarios is going to be unique. So there's no one answer for everybody. But let's assume, let's say that the feeling is anger. Your job is to say, what are you angry at? What is the anger pointing towards? So um, we can use a couple of different examples here. So if you have kids and you're, you know, the schedules of kids and stuff, like I, I just don't know how people do it. Your anger could be that your spouse doesn't help with that stuff, that you you both are working, but for whatever reason, it has fallen to you to make the children's schedules work. And I will say that the data points during the pandemic that women dealt with the bulk of this, right? There are lots of men who help, but the bulk of women were dealing with this. They were the ones suffering the most overwhelm with all the new added chores like school etc so you could be you could be presenting as being angered or frustrated with your employer but the actual issue is disparity at home so unless you sit with it and say what is that anger pointing to and most people on the first go around this is the power of coaching most people on the go around first go around will say well, I'm mad at my boss. Like, why are they mandating back to work? There's no reason for that. And your job is to sit with, is that true? What are some other reasons that I could be frustrated? So don't judge yourself. One of the biggest tools I often tell my clients to picture a big red toolbox, you know, those steel ginormous yes. red toolboxes. So we, I, I, you know, we should all have one of those in our brains. And then I, we put little tools, sometimes big tools in. And one of the biggest tools that you can put into that red toolbox is the power of questions. Mm -hmm. So just sit in curiosity. Curiosity is another tool. Is that the only reason that I'm mad? Could there be other reasons? And just now brainstorm. What are some other possible reasons that I could be angry? They don't have to be true. Just you're learning to dance with yourself. You're learning to just play with your thoughts and your emotions and your feelings versus always going for the bullseye because it's hard to get a bullseye. Why, why is our instinct though to not want to look for other reasons? Because is it, it's fear, right? Yeah, well, let's, let's stay with that example that you've given us. What's easier? To be mad at my boss, but I don't have any control over what, you know, Google or Twitter does. So I'm just going to be mad at my boss. And that in some way is letting out some steam. Mm -hmm. Or if I acknowledge that it's my spouse, I have to go home and I have to have a hard conversation where I'm afraid that I might not be listened to, where I'm afraid that the solution will last for four days and then it'll go back to the way that it's always been. That feels harder. So I don't want to do that. So then I'm going to go unconscious to that. Because it might lead to me having to show up differently. It might lead to me having to make different choices. And it's it's funny. I I just did a facilitation last week and that, you know, talked about how often we have so much more control over our reality then we acknowledge. And on one hand, it's the duality of life. On one hand, knowing we have control can be a very powerful, positive thing. And on the other hand, 
for those of us that are, you know, not in our most joyous chapter of our life and are tired and overwhelmed, depressed, sad, frightened, pick a word, the thought that we're in control and only we have the power to change it is fucking overwhelming. Like when, it, you know, when the mirror shifts back to me and I can't blame somebody else, that feels really, really fucking exhausting. And, and so as I tell you to to sit with this exercise and to practice this exercise. What I also want you to do is just not judge yourself. Like just, you know, treat yourself as you would if, if a two-year-old was sitting in front of you and, and the two-year-old is super cute and they're just trying to express to you their emotions. Treat yourself that way or, or, or you know, how you would talk to a puppy. Like be gentle and kind with yourself versus non-judgmental with yourself. You've got the funniest smile on your face right now as I'm looking at you, Jordan. Yeah, Tell yeah, because no, yeah, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see that smirk. Um, because I think it's really interesting, and it, it hits home for me as well that we're all, for the most part, there there's exceptions, but the subset we're speaking to. We're all in more control than we think. And I think that scares the shit out of people. 100%. Right? If, if me and me alone is responsible for my life, how have I fucked it up this badly? Like, that's a crappy feeling. Yeah, and it's almost like, let's just keep doing what we've been doing. Versus the crappy feeling is meant to be an indicator to you that you've made some wrong decisions along the way and it's time to readjust and start to get back on track. What about those people listening that are like, well, I've been doing this, living this way for 45, 50 years and I, it's just it's too late to change how I think about it or get conscious with those things. That's a choice. And so if that's if that's the choice that you want to make and you want more of the same for the next 20, 30, 40 years, then you do you. That's okay. But I would like you to get conscious to the fact that you are choosing more of the same versus trying to take the baby steps and practice, well, maybe there's something different. So let can we can we use a real example? Can we coach you? Sure. Podcast. Let's do it. So, you know, you did the traditional, how are you? And I said, I'm great. Like life is really, really good. And then I, of course, reciprocated and said, how are you, Jordan? Yes. And what did you say? I said, I'm a bit busy. Life's a bit hectic, but it's all good. And so if we were practicing sitting with consciousness, sitting with our emotions and questioning our emotions, what would we notice? That I've got some negative emotions and I'm not uh, giving myself some credit I deserve. Around? Well, the answer to my question came from this past weekend. You know, I was pretty productive on some things, but I had a huge list of things and I didn't get to <laughs> six out of 10 of them. But the other four, I did extremely well. And I'm just like, geez, I just can't catch up. Right. I can't catch up. That's a negative, right? So that your state of consciousness is I'm not enough. Mm -hmm. And then you just sit with, is that true? Or does that then open up the possibility? Well, actually, no, I'm more than enough. My list was just too long. So it's just sitting with exploring, questioning and noticing because if you're unconsciously programming into your brain, 
I am not enough. Like I didn't work hard enough. I didn't, I didn't go fast enough. I didn't do enough. That's I'm not enough. That the, the summary of that is I'm not enough. Exactly. Yep. That's a programming. So then how does that set you up for the week? Well, it set me up a little, little tired because I didn't sleep well last night. And uh, yeah, you're going into the week a little tired and slightly frustrated. Yes. And it's Monday at, you know, eight o'clock in the morning. Exactly. So that's the power of consciousness. Noticing the unconscious programming that we're doing. And then sitting with where's that pointing to me what am I meant to be paying attention to so if you're feeling that you're really busy am I allowed to share you know why some of your schedule is really busy sure yeah yeah yep so you know Jordan's in that chapter of life where he's getting married yeah and I'm telling you I have very few people that talk to me about getting married that talk about that pre-marriage year as the best year of their lives. It's just like it's busy and it's overwhelming and decisions and right. But that's a choice. So so how am I feeling about the wedding preparations and everything I want to do? And then inside of that, we you know, we will get to the C is I do have a choice. So as a as a precursor. The first step is how am I feeling and spending time with that and exploring it and dancing with it. The second step, which we'll get to in the next podcast is, well, how do I want to feel? Is that how I want to feel? Or is how I want to feel different? And guess what? If it's different, that means you have to start making different choices. So do you see how that starts to line? Yes. Now I see. Right. First, how do I feel? And really getting intimate and changing your relationship with, with your feelings. Feelings are not bad. None of the feelings are bad. They're all just information car- carriers. And if we would not be afraid of some of the emotions, what's possible for us? And so I fundamentally believe if we change our relationship to the full spectrum of feelings, a whole new world opens up because we're just going to use curiosity to then move into the second stage, which is, well, how do I want to feel? Like, what do I want to create? And then it's it's not so much that your feelings are just happening to you and that you're out of control. It's, oh, wait, if I change my choices, can I change my experience of my feelings? Boom. Boom. So, Michelle, the practice for this week with consciousness. Let's tee it up one more time. Yeah. I just want you to sit with yourself and either your computer or pen and paper for those of you who are my age and just name what you're feeling. Step one is just name it and do it five minutes a day for seven days. And for those of you who need more practice, do it for 14 days. Just what am I feeling as I'm going, getting ready for work, as I'm getting ready to go out the door, what? what is it? Like, do I have a knot in my stomach? What's that knot? Or am I excited to go out the door? Am I excited to see what this new week brings? So just, you're just going to be naming it. Step one is naming it. Step two is what are the, the labels, the labeled emotions? What are they pointing me towards? What should I be curious about? So it's like you're having 
a coffee conversation with your best friend, only you're having it with yourself and you're seeking to understand the emotions themselves and what those emotions could potentially represent. That's your practice. There you have it. There's the practice. And we'll be back two weeks from now. The next one we'll be doing is create. Correct. Yeah. So once you have your consciousness, then we'll move to create. Exactly. That's the fun one. Well, we'll look forward to that one. Thanks, Michelle. Cheers. What did you take away from our chat today? We'd love to know. You can follow Michelle Ferrari on Instagram at MichelleFerrari01 or visit her website, MichelleFerrari.org. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to follow Get Your Shift Together on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you think this could impact someone, please share the episode with them. And remember, life and work, it's a practice. Let's be sure to treat it that way. Until next time.